0: I felt like there was a lot of admiration for these athletes, but at the same time, um, I guess I just wondered if there were other athletes who were more like me or who maybe didn't have this same exact <laughs> origin story, so to speak. Um, and so as I started to explore, uh, different hashtags, you know, um, like hashtag Asian runners or hashtag black runners, you know, um, I started to find that yes, (laughs) there are other runners of color, you know, who exist.
1: You are listening to the no gimmicks, just sweat podcast with your host, Eric Logan. No gimmicks, just sweat is dedicated to hearing the journeys and unique stories behind an athlete's training and what drives them get inspired to own your life and make the impossible possible if you enjoy the show please subscribe so that you never miss an episode also please take a few seconds to rate the show and drop me a review now let's get started with the show
2: hello and welcome to this episode of no gamics just sweat where today we are welcoming carolyn sue to the show this is someone i've followed for a while and I am looking forward to this conversation. Carolyn, how are you doing?
0: Hello, hello. I am doing well. Thank you so much, Eric, for having me on. I have followed you for a while, too, ever <laughs> since, you know, you were um, one of the first featured athletes on Diverse We Run. And I just so greatly appreciated your story and um, and your message, you know, to everyone that it's really never too late to to start anything you know and so it's just been really inspirational i would say <laughs> following you and um and seeing all the really amazing things that you've been doing so thank you for having me
1: oh
2: and the feeling is mutual you know <laughs> social media is good because you you know a lot of people give it a bad rap sometimes but you can find you know positive messages from social media
0: yeah yeah, definitely. It it is in a way, I think it is what what you make of it if you are intentional with um with how you show up and how
2: you use it. Yes. Yes. So we're gonna kind of start with the warm up and warm up just gonna throw out a couple of questions that um to kind of break the ice a little bit to um allow the listeners to kind of get to know you as well as sometimes I find out something new about first. <laughs> <the
0: person. laughs>
2: yeah. So are you ready? Okay. Hopefully. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right. Morning runs or evening runs?
0: Oh, morning for sure.
2: <laughs> uh, solo runs or group runs? Um,
0: I think it kind of depends on, on the type of run. I do enjoy the solo runs, just especially when it's like I need to clear my mind or... I, emotionally, maybe I need to process things. Yes. But at the same time, I, I enjoy running with other people like, well, you know, group runs, I I need to quantify, I think I'm comfortable, I'm someone who's comfortable running maybe with like, two to three people. Okay. <laughs> yes, right. But like, but larger group runs do kind of stress me out just I don't know uh, my personality type or something. It it feels kind of overwhelming, but, but I do enjoy, you know, running with um, a small group, just whether it's like for a long run um, where we can kind of just share in life together and explore, you know, or that kind of thing. Or sometimes I intentionally try to see if I can run with someone faster than I am usually. So that uh, if, if I have like a speed work workout or, you know, harder workout, cause then that, I feel almost like that competitive side can be tapped into and utilized. So, yeah, I yeah. guess it's kind of both.
2: <laughs> okay. So solo where you want to kind of reflect mm-hmm. and kind of regroup and yeah. group as long as it's just a small number. <laughs>
0: yeah. <Okay.
2: laughs> All right. So run on the treadmill or run outside?
0: I mean, I think my preference will always be outside, but Treadmill runs. I don't hate them i I think they they're a good option to have if you have it, you know, especially if it's like icy outside or um, you know, I mean, I live in the Boston area, so winters can be really <laughs> dicey, and you know the winters here last almost like half the year. it feels like so so you know, having an a treadmill option, I'm definitely grateful for it and appreciative. Personally, um, <laughs> <laughs> I prefer outdoors
2: okay. Oh, don't feel bad. I've had a couple of guests that are like they prefer treadmill over outdoors.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I think that's really remarkable and and that's great. Like, I don't, there's no hate here for <laughs> for the treadmill, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoy it, great.
2: <laughs> All right. So what's your favorite race distance to run? <sighs> um,
0: I guess it would be the marathon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I like okay. it first thing you do after a race
0: after a race yes um, first thing I do like I don't know I mean I, I try to drink a lot of electrolytes <laughs> it's <laughs> nothing spectacular <laughs> but um, but yeah I mean and then like if I can just you know quickly hop into either ice bath or Epsom salt bath oh, okay. um, and then I usually like to eat um, sushi, like raw, raw fish. There's something about. Okay, this. that's
2: that's different. That's the first time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Most people generally say something like a burger or a pizza or a beer. No.
0: yeah, I sushi mean maybe a pizza sushi. later. <laughs> later, <laughs> I, I'll I'll start craving that saltiness of um of a pizza, but I don't know. There's something like to me, I just crave it like this, that like clean, fresh, raw fish with that sweet rice combination and then um and some champagne maybe ha. <laughs> no <Nice. laughs> um, you know I just that's just my what my body craves <laughs> nice
2: all right so dream race to run anywhere in the world
0: oh gosh I don't know that's hard I mean, I feel like default would be to say, yes, Boston Marathon. <laughs> I mean, and I live here in Boston. And so like every year going to cheer, you know, for people, it, it is really fun. Um, but dream race, gosh, I don't know. I, I would love to run anywhere that would be adventurous, you know, in a new experience. It could be anywhere, any of the world majors, obviously, you know, I think would okay. be fun, but um, even like i was just thinking the other day uh the the paris marathon you know something oh, like that like i've run i i did um run a 20k uh in paris once it was my husband and i actually went for our 10 year anniversary and um and wouldn't you know there happened to be a race you know <laughs> <laughs> the weekend that we were there and so i That'd i ended kind of, up <laughs> <a race. laughs> Like, yay, (laughs) Jimmy, you can come cheer for me. (laughs) I mean, we did, you know, it was only a 20K.
1: So
0: it wasn't too long long of a day. (laughs) But um, but yeah, just like going anywhere new and different to run, I think any of that would be a a dream race for me.
2: (laughs) Nice. All right. If you can go on a run with any celebrity or athlete, dead or alive, who would it be?
0: Oh, I, I think Des, Des Linden. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just think she's really cool and really gritty and funny and just like low key. I would love to just kind of like do an easy run with her and just hear her commentary and thoughts
2: (laughs) on like where we go. (laughs) All right. Last one. Dream location anywhere in the world you want to go for a run not a race just just to go out and just run and just enjoy it just mm. soak it just soak it in
0: probably somewhere in the mountains i think or just mm, um, that's oh that's a good question i don't know again it's like anywhere where there can be a lot of like scenic views that's different from just being in a city you
2: know, well, so. you live in the city, so you know, you're like yeah. buildings, cars.
0: <laughs> yeah, city. I've seen enough like pavement and asphalt. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, anywhere yeah. where there's nature, <laughs> where there are trees, yeah. just,
2: just open skyline, birds, and animals.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that'd be cool. <laughs> All
2: right, so Carolyn, we followed each other for a while, so. Mm-hmm. I I know a little bit about you, um, but the listeners need to know about you. So, how did you become the runner, athlete, person that you are now? You know, again, think of it as this is your origin story. This is how you are a superhero. You're this. This is your um, Marvel Cinematic Universe debut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh.
0: I don't know if my story, my origin story is necessarily as tragic or as exciting. We want <laughs> to be a exciting. marvel.
1: So
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yeah. I, I mean, so, you know, I am a child of immigrant parents. Uh, my parents both came over from Taiwan uh, in their 20s uh, to actually go to grad school. And um, so I grew up in a uh, Chinese Taiwanese community in Houston, Texas, and um, and they're just I I think with a lot of um, families who come over to establish a new life, um, the priority is definitely to establish a new life, you know, like um, establish a good foundation for your children and um, which primarily means, you know, um, doing well in school and being able to find a good job, you know, that can be steady uh, and secure. And, um, and so there really was not much um, emphasis or focus on athletics, extracurriculars like that, you know, or sports. So I really didn't know anything about, about running until, uh, until later in in college. And, and so, really how, how that came about was, um, in middle school, I started, I guess that was when I started to develop disordered eating habits and, um, and kind of just, yeah, uh, that was kind of the start of things. And, uh, it came to a head once I went off to college in Austin, where, um, I didn't know it at the time, but internally, I think I struggled a lot with identity and um, and also expressing the anxiety uh, and emotions that I felt. Um, and so, like culturally speaking, in in a lot of Asian cultures, and, and I would I would say specifically for Chinese culture, um, there is there's the idea of not wanting to burden other people with your emotions or problems um <clears throat> out of consideration you know for others and um and so really i just like I never learned how to um, express any needs for for help, and um, and the thing I learned later on in in therapy and counseling is that you know we all have emotions and emotions will come out, and they can either come out in healthy ways. Or they can come out in unhealthy ways. And so when you bottle them up inside and when you don't know how to process what you're feeling, the anxieties or the stresses that you are holding on to, then it manifests itself in other ways. Um, And for me, I struggled a lot as an Asian American um, person of not fully necessarily identifying as. like a Chinese person, like my parents and uh, like their um, community, but uh, at the same time also not feeling uh, or identifying myself as fully American, quote unquote, because um, I because of the environment, the social environment that I grew up in, um, that was primarily predominantly white, and um, so there were these two. I felt like I was constantly straddling two different worlds and two different sets of expectations of how I was supposed to be and who I was supposed to be. And I, and I didn't quite fit either side. And, um, and on top of that, just learning to navigate the world, like, I, I mean, how, how, how can you navigate uh, a world if you do not know who you are. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, so I, that's all of that to say, it came to a head starting my freshman year in college where it was, you know, it's a big change going to college and, um, it was in a new city and, um, it, you know, a lot of new social dynamic changes. <clears throat> and, um, and again, going back to that, that identity, uh, issue, um, the way that I sought to kind of like at least gain a sense of control um, or feel like I was <laughs> in control of something was um, to try to mold the way that I looked. Um, and that involved a lot of um, just monitoring you know my my food intake and also my calorie expenditure. And so like I said, I mean that started, in middle school when I was 13. And, um, and I went through a lot of different diets. And um, I like religiously studied all these different health and fitness magazines. And um, running was the one thing that I had not really tried because my family had a gym membership. So I was able to like, do all the different kinds of cardio machines. But, um, but then, like, running was kind of like, i don't know it just was never on my radar but then um i when i got to college i guess i became more desperate in trying to um figure out ways to burn calories and so um i had one i knew of one classmate who would do weird things in my mind they were considered weird um like he would go Camping, you know, where he would go <laughs> running outside and bike outside, and so, and so then I thought, okay, well, like he might be someone good to like to go run with, and so um, I still remember it was um, it was actually a rainy rainy afternoon evening, and so we ran from uh, the center of of campus to the the Austin Capitol and back, and that was three miles. In the rain, and wait, uh, no,
2: wait a minute. So your <laughs> very first run, yeah, was in the rain.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, like it. It was like, oh, this is so fun. It's so cool. You know, like as a college student, you, you try to you try to make life difficult for yourself. You know. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was my first run, and um, and if I'm honest, you know, I don't I don't remember anything else about that experience as far as like oh was it did it feel hard you know or did I really yeah. enjoy it or anything like that because in my mind all I was focused on was okay so how many minutes was that and how many calories did I burn you know okay um so that's really how I actually got into running it was more this like tool uh, for uh, actually almost almost like an extension of a cry for help for myself um trying to like, hold on to something that I could manage or feel a sense of like stability with. Um, but thankfully, you know, later, <laughs> um, the, my relationship with running has definitely evolved and changed since then. And uh, it's actually become a, a mechanism through which I have learned to really appreciate, you know, and, and honor and respect my body <laughs> now. And, yeah. um, And, and like, I've learned a lot about where my weak areas are, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, through injury, of course, but also just learning, you know, what my body needs to be strong and to be well nourished, you know, and um, to be well cared for. And, and now running is, this means through which I can connect with other people um, through which I can like invite, you know, invite others on a run with me or um, or encourage others in their endeavors. And um and it's also a way to explore new places, you know, wherever I move to. And so it's been, yeah, like that's kind of my, that's my journey into running and where I am
2: with running right now. <laughs> yeah. And, and it sounds like you developed a very healthy relationship with running. Um, you know, because a lot of times people are very hesitant about running. You know, mm-hmm. if you were someone who was athletic or, you know, participated in sports in high school, you associated running with uh, punishment.
1: Folks mm-hmm. yeah. was
2: always telling you run laps. Oh, right. y- you know, run. So you kind of associated running mm-hmm. with punishment. So you had a, you developed a dislike for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
2: And if you weren't athletic, you know, it seems like the people who weren't, from just my experience, that you you seem to be more accepting of running, mm. you know, because it's yeah. something new and it's something that you can do.
0: Yeah. And it's something that you choose to yeah. do versus, I guess, you know, if, if it's your coach telling you and kind of like forcing you to go do it.
2: That's, yes.
0: Right. As a punishment or, you know, whatever. So,
2: yes. So what does um, a day or a week of training look like for you? And do you have a coach that you work with or do you pretty much self coach? Uh,
0: yeah, now I do have a coach that I work with. Um, I, for like the good, I don't know, 10, 15 years, initial years of my uh, running, I was just self coached. Um, because I guess I just always thought that like, you know, you have to be a I don't know, like a, a quote unquote, good runner, a good enough runner, maybe to, yeah. to justify hiring a coach. Um, and so a lot of, any time I trained for a race or even learned about a race or anything was, or like different exercises to do, it was always through just like runner's world magazines or, um, right. or whatever I could find, you know, uh, whatever training plans or something, um, that I could find online. And, but then, uh, I guess like, I just, at some point, maybe it was through, um, as I started to get mental health counseling and therapy, um, I just saw the value in, you know, having an expert, an outside expert, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, be able to tailor something specifically for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I don't think it was until later though, um, in my adult years that I was able to budget enough to like prioritize, I guess, um, getting, hiring a coach. Right. And, um, so yeah, so now I do, uh, and, and I've worked with at this point, I think three different running coaches. Um, and the coach that I work with now, Sarah Canny. um, I mean, she's great. And I, I feel like we, are in sync with each other. She understands and sees me as a person, a whole person, not just like strictly as a runner prescribed and, you know, through uh, to whom she prescribes running workouts, but she understands that, you know, as a, as a mom of two young kids, you know, and as a person who is involved with other things in life and um, that, you know, life doesn't, I mean, running doesn't happen in a vacuum and these, other things do impact our abilities, um, to, to work out <laughs> and to run. Wow. And, um, so she also, and she also, uh, helps me with my own mental self-talk as well. And, uh, so I've really appreciate working, appreciated working with her. Um, and so she sets right now, like we, we you know, we regularly keep in touch and talk and, um, she knows what, what I'm working towards, what my goals are. And then we adjust our uh, training plan, according to, uh, according to like every two weeks or so, pretty much. Um, Yeah.
2: And, you know, you mentioned, you know, your, know your wife, your mom, Mm -hmm. Um, have you found it easy to find that type of balance to be able to juggle a lot of things and still get enjoyment from running? (laughs)
0: um, it is constantly a juggle, I would say, (laughs) um, that look, that can look different. I mean, definitely looks different week to week, if not day to day. Um, that, and that's, I think another reason why I appreciate having kind of like a plan, um, and that I can kind of look ahead to for the week and see like what workouts are, are scheduled. And then, kind of, also align that with my family schedule, knowing what's coming up. And if I know it's gonna be a really busy week uh, with the family, uh, with different things, um, whether it's doctor's appointments or other activities, then um, then I have to factor that in and right. like either decide like maybe I need to talk with my coach and scale back the workouts for the week, or I don't know, or like <laughs> right. something else in the in the schedule is going to have to kind of give you know and um i mean yeah so it is constant it is constantly this like delicate dance i should say and then also of course like factoring in like my husband and his meeting schedules or his health and things and we we do have to constantly i feel like just constantly keep those lines of communication open with one another um and just be flexible.
2: <laughs> I yeah, mean, I guess I mean,
0: that's that's life, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and that's exactly what it is. It's life, and I think a lot of times, you know, again, you know, looking at social media, you know, we we see, you know, we post our runs, you know, we post our workouts, you know, our bike rides or whatever not, mm-hmm. but you know, there's a lot outside of what you see posted that mm-hmm. goes on.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
2: you know, I think some. Some people get it and they go like, okay, wow, this person can fit this in and can see that as an inspiration that, you know, okay, this person has, you know, family obligations, work and stuff. And they still can fit in, um, you know, care for their health um, and they can see that. And then, you know, and then, you know, and a lot of people just kind of sometimes it's hard for them to realize, like, well, how can you do all that and, you know, still have a good family life?
1: hmm.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, definitely social media doesn't show everything, right. um, but I mean, for me, I found that routine establishing as much of a routine as possible helps to at least give a framework for expectations, you know, and and for me, that routine is to be able to get to bed. I don't know, 10, <laughs> even that sounds late, but um, so that I can wake up earlier uh, in the morning and try to get my run or my bike ride in and then like be able to have the, the rest of the morning to help the kids get ready for school and then do whatever else needs to be done, you know? And, um, and sometimes we're able to adhere to that, but other times, you know, like if, if someone in the family is sick or has something else come up, you know, and, Like that morning spot is taken then that's that and i gotta either roll with it and try to see if i can run later in the day or like just kind of be okay and recognize this one day that's all right and you move forward (laughs) it's not like a (laughs) that's it you know all or nothing kind of thing but yeah having at least a framework to to (laughs) fall back on is always like that's what has worked well for me and my family at least
2: yeah yes yes and again I follow you, so I see what you post in your stories and stuff. And you are juggling. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I'm like, well, she run run
0: <laughs> Uh Do what we can. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, I mean, and that and that's it. You have to you just do what you can. You yeah. Know, you know, if that means only getting maybe a mile run in instead of three, you got to buy it.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. It, something is still better than nothing too you know and i'm learning to be okay with that like letting go of that perfectionistic side as well
2: yes definitely <clears throat> so let's kind of flip it a little bit and mm-hmm. let's talk about diversity run mm-hmm. and, and i think that's how you and i made our initial connection yes um, yeah. so talk a little bit about diversity run and why you started it
0: yeah so, you know, Diverse we Run is a, at this point now an Inst- Instagram platform uh, through which I share stories of athletes or mainly runners who are Black, Indigenous or people of color um, and just like share how the intersection of our race and culture, you know, um, go together with our running journey. And how it has shaped and impacted, you know, our, our entry into running and our experience in running, because, you know, I I mean, I think you and I both know, (laughs) um, it's different and showing up as a black person or as an Asian American person in sports, especially like endurance sports. Um, it's, it's not as clear and I guess simple. Um, as just, oh, lacing up your shoes and showing up, you know, right. and going out. There are a lot of other factors, whether it's community or location, ge- geographically where you are and and a bunch of other things, right, that shape that and impact that. Yes. And so um, basically, I mean, a few years ago, when I first started to finally kind of explore um, this whole community aspect of running you know uh you know for i would say like really for a long time in this sport running was not really seen as a community thing it was more individual um individual pursuits and accomplishments right Yes, and And the growth of, you know, different running crews, groups, uh, really, I I don't think that has happened until the recent even like 10 years, I would say. And I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of a generous estimation. Um, And so a lot of that also has come on uh, through social media, right? Uh, A lot Mm -hmm. of either via Instagram, or also like podcasts. Um, It's have been the main form, I think, of like social connecting, um, aside from like just publication, like running publications. And so as I started to explore um, more of the running community uh, through Instagram and through a different podcast, I think just what I started to notice was almost this like pattern of the type of runners who were constantly being featured and whose stories and journeys were being shared. And they were all of, you know, white, middle, middle class, upper middle class runners who grew up with a supportive, you know, family environment in running or sports at least. And then who are now like, racing, you know, multiple marathons a year, world majors traveling, you know, and, and doing great things. And, um and I guess it just, I, I felt like there was a lot of admiration for these athletes. But at the same time, um I guess I just wondered if there were other athletes who were more like me or who maybe didn't have this same exact (laughs) origin story, so to speak. Um, And so as I started to explore uh, different hashtags, you know, um, like hashtag Asian runners or hashtag black runners, you know, um, I started to find that, yes, (laughs) there are other runners of color, you know, who exist. And yet, for whatever reason, once again, it was like there were these two different worlds um, of there's this, quote unquote, white American world with very beautiful pictures of runners uh, after their runs, posting their stats, standing with their six pack abs, you know, and um, talking about qualifying for Boston and all of these things. But then there was this other world where even like the types of the way that people would pose for pictures um, looked different, even just on that surface level, you know, Um, where the reasons why people showed up to, to run were so different from just like personal PRs, you know? Um, And so then I started to wonder like, why, like, I want to hear more of these stories. Um, And, but at the same time, like, why were they not being shared as much? Um, So then at first I thought, well, maybe it's just that like these podcasters or um, these main, like these big uh, media publications, maybe they just don't, don't know, Uh, don't have the social network uh, of, anyone, I guess, outside of the the white majority community. And so I uh, reached out to um, some of these, I guess, run influencers um, to kind of suggest like, oh, hey, you know, like, do you know so and so these runners? Um, because I've noticed there kind of seems to be a pattern in the runners who are often featured. And maybe we can like share a, a-, a- other stories to be a little more right. representative. <laughs> um, yes. And I mean, this was pre 2020. This was like around 2018. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, quite frankly, a lot of people were just still very uncomfortable, even addressing or acknowledging the fact that there were racial differences. I mean, even now I would say people are uncomfortable talking about it, but, um, but back then definitely. And, um, and so people would always respond with like very nice messages back, but, but more or less, it was like just a nice way of saying, "Mm, no, (laughs) thank you though. Um, so after a while, you know, and like, you know, talk, talking more with other um, runner friends uh, who expressed the same frustration. Um, I, I think I just got to a point where I felt tired of like <sighs> hearing nos and tired of people feeling like this wasn't a real problem. And so I decided, okay, well, if no one else is gonna tell stories of our community, then then I'm going to. And so that's how I started Diversity Run, long story short. <laughs> right. um, yeah. And it started just as a hashtag at first um, because I felt too afraid of making it an official Instagram account. Um, but then after about a month, um, I made it into its own account. And yeah, like the rest is history, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I Emma, mean, and the thing about it is that, you know, I know for me, it's gotten me to kind of discover new people,
1: mm-hmm. you know. I'm yeah.
2: like, let me follow this person. You've been yeah. But generally, you know, again, like you were saying, you know, when I first started um, my fitness journey and stuff, you know, I get on Instagram. I'm like, okay, who should I follow? You know, you're trying to go through and find people to follow. Yeah. You.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: you know, generally, you know, you you're gonna get the the the, the people that come up are generally people that are the most common people that come up Mm
1: -hmm, mm
2: by athletes. But then, you know, you really don't see the people that look like you Mm -hmm. or the people who are, you know, for lack of a better term, the same level as you, they Mm -hmm. might not be, you know, they're recreational, they're Mm -hmm. age groupers, you, you know, you know, you you generally don't just, they don't immediately pop up as the first thing. If you type Mm -hmm. in hashtag runners
1: Mm -hmm. or
2: hashtag, you know, do athlete hashtag triathlete, you know, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you you have certain people that pop up first. Um, so that's where you know it was kind of a big thing for me to kind of see that, like, okay, there are other people that are doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know even for me as a do athlete, you know, finding other, you know, do athletes, especially Black do athletes, been mm-hmm.
0: kind of hard. Yeah, yeah. You
2: know, I've can e- even though the do athlete community is very small, and you generally. <laughs> see everybody that you know Mm
1: -hmm. you know you
2: like oh yeah okay we we race regularly it's so hard finding people that you know like okay connecting people that look like me Mm -hmm. or and you know and a lot of people that do duathlons you know there are very few that are like okay i only do duathlons and that's it (laughs) and to find people who again to find that community um To connect with that again that look like you can be tough especially depending on the region that you live in Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah and we need that you know we need to see that there are people like us and we and we also need to see that there are people not like us right Right. like everyone benefits um, from a diversity of of people and of stories and experiences and I, yeah, and I, I'm glad that in the recent couple of years, it seems like more people are recognizing that, um, and and yeah, that's one of the the most beautiful aspects, I think, of, um, of Diverse We Run uh, is when I hear from people like you, you know, saying that it's allowed you to connect With other people whom you otherwise might not have known about, you know, and so that's yeah, that's great.
2: (laughs) Yes, yes. All right, right. so this is kind of a two part question for you. Okay, Uh all right, your proudest moment as a runner, and then the second part is your worst moment or biggest mistake you've made as a runner.
0: Ooh, um. Okay, I'll start with my worst moment. <laughs> okay. Since that's like definitely always fresh on my mind. <laughs> it's just easier to think about. Um, like, so worst, I would say, or a low point um, was the 2018 California International Marathon where um, I, I had been training for it and um, it was it was a low point for me, not because of my time or anything, but um, because of the mental headspace that I went into. Um, the, it, it So first of all, I thought that the course was going to be, quote unquote, fast and flat (laughs) because (laughs) I really, I mean, that's first of all, how so many people described that course. It's like a net downhill and it's so flat and it's so fast. And, you know, it's like one of the biggest qualifiers for Boston and blah, 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 all this stuff. And, um, and I flew out there with that expectation that I was going to maybe not qualify for Boston quite yet, but like that I was going to get this huge PR and I felt so good with my training cycle. And, um, but really the reality was it was that California international marathon is not flat. It is a series of rolling Hills, like all the way pretty much till the end. And, um, (laughs) Oh my goodness like by they mile lied. 9. They yes, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like even when you look at the um the elevation map online like it's very deceiving. <laughs> but um definitely by even mile 9 like my legs were already feeling so tired and um and I just my mind immediately went to this really dark place of negative self-talk and just saying things like, you know, the only reason you think that this is hard is because you're not a strong enough runner. You know, you are just, you're, you're too weak. You didn't train well enough or your body is just not made to run marathons and you are never going to qualify for Boston. You just need to let that go. You know, like that was what I was saying to myself Um, and I was in that dark, dark space, pretty much all the way till the end. Like I crossed that finish line crying and I have never cried at a race finish before. Like I've had hard races before, but like, it was just this like huge, I mean, I was almost like looking back, I was shocked at how I spoke to myself, but it was a wake up call. You know, and um, that race made me realize, like, I cannot keep speaking to myself <laughs> that way um, and how I needed to change that. Um, and so it was actually after that race that I started to, I guess, um, kind of like learn and put into practice um just being proud of myself, even for small things or seemingly small things, I guess I should say. And, um, that, after that was when I started to, um, I, I, 2019, I had a, my, my new year's resolution was to, uh, write down one thing, at least one thing I was proud of after every workout. And so I, I got a journal book and that's what I did. Cause I just needed to like, I, I don't know. That was like one place to start, you know? Um, and it felt so awkward and uncomfortable and unnatural quite frankly you know to be like i'm proud of you know the cool. fact that i really worked hard you know <laughs> just something like that even something as simple as that but um but you know like over time and up until now you know it's it was it's been this like process and practice of self acceptance and like, and I think that I needed to hit that, that hard point, that low point, um, in order to be where I am now and like, feel a sense of true confidence that I can reach the goals that I have set for myself, you know, instead of it being this, like, hopefully I'll make it one day. Um, but you know, like, it's like you, how can you, I guess, how can you love yourself and believe in yourself to reach things um, if you don't even accept who you are, right? And so, right. yeah, like that was, I would say the the hard, hardest race or like worst race <laughs> that I had. Again, not because of performance, but because of just, yeah, that yeah. mental headspace that I was in. Um, and so I guess then on the flip side, um, like the best race (laughs) now, like, um, I guess it really, now that like, I have spent the last couple of years learning to not base my sense of, um, I guess like worth, uh, based on my performance. Um, I have really been thankful for every race that I've run so far, (laughs) um since uh because they've all taught me and given me different things um and i guess like uh i guess i just maybe my most recent race was a great race i could say um it was a 5k here um at the beginning of december and um i would call it uh my best race just simply because that was the first race that i uh was a team captain that i just took on my own volition to create a team, um, and invite people and, uh, and kind of just like organize. And, um, the people who were on my team were a a bunch of them were new runners. Um, a couple of, they were just basically from like all different, I guess, different backgrounds, um, and different ages, different, um, places in their athletic journey as well. And um, to me, that was also really significant to see the diversity um, in this like this team and this group of people who uh, we were all at that. Yeah. That we all came together to have fun at this one race. It was like a jingle bell race. So we all like wore ugly Christmas, uh, ugly Christmas sweaters. And I mean, my team name was Runny McRunnerson. So like it was definitely a very serious team here. <laughs> um, but, you know, like just to like see the new connections that people were able to make and enjoy this sport together despite like our differences you know um like i just it was just very beautiful to me and um and i ran i felt like i ran a good race just in terms of like my effort and uh and yeah so like i just felt like what more could i ask for this is great
2: (laughs) awesome yeah so carolyn what's next for you are you trained for anything now you got any races on the calendar
0: yes i do actually
2: (laughs) (laughs) um
0: yeah, I have a, there is a marathon coming up uh, in May in Maine. <laughs> so. Um, in May in Maine. May in Maine. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, it's the Sugarloaf Marathon. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm currently training for that. Um, and hopefully working, chipping away uh, to qualify for Boston eventually.
2: <laughs> awesome. So, you you got to do it. You got to do it. Uh,
0: yeah. It's just a matter of, I don't know when, but I know that I'll get there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One day at a time.
2: Yeah. One day at a time. It's right at a two to have. half. Mm-hmm. All right. Any last words you want to share with the listeners?
0: Um, I would say, yeah, if you can go outside today, um, <laughs> go for a run, <laughs> but really get outside and, um, and be thankful that that we're able to do what we can do, you know, each day to move, to be alive <laughs> and to be connected with people. Yeah.
2: Yes, that's great advice.
0: <laughs> Carolyn,
2: thank you for coming on the show.
0: Thanks for having me. Really.
2: <laughs> All right. If people want to kind of uh, connect with you or get in contact with you, how can they do so?
0: Um, you can find me on Instagram. I have two accounts. My personal account is at I run for the glory. And, um, my other account is at diverse. We run. So either of those, if you want to DM me, um, then yeah, that I think is the easiest way to reach me.
2: All right. Great. Carolyn again. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Have a great day.
1: Oh, thanks. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the No Gimmicks, Just Sweat podcast. We really appreciate everyone who tunes in each week. If you enjoyed today's show, please support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember to tell your friends about the No Gimmicks, Just Sweat podcast so we can continue to have awesome conversations with everyday athletes just like you. Until next time, have an amazing week.